He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. They bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. Tr- 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 <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios, Miracle Mile. Maslin and Wilshire recording live on a Tuesday. Excited about uh, Twitter Periscope recording today. Also recording the Transparent Truth podcast. And um, no no hangover this morning. Didn't stay up and party all night. Just got a chance to stay up and watch my LSU Tigers, baby. LSU Tigers with the big win last night in the college football playoff national championship game over Clemson 41 uh, excuse me, 42 24, 42-25, 42-25 LSU over Clemson. So uh, for those of you who are on Twitter Periscope, please um, you know, retweet, let's share this out. Just gonna be talking some LSU Clemson and uh, gonna keep the show short. Just wanna give a some recap, just some analysis, talk a little bit about what I saw, what I think, what I felt, and then also what I've read, just kind of um, checking out the articles and whatnot. So let's get to a recap of the game. Um, Clemson starts off really well. Uh, LSU is playing low on discipline, especially on the edges. They, they busted a coverage or two. And uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he gets into the end zone on his own read. Clemson's up early 7-0. Um, LSU comes back. Jamar Chase down the right sideline. And uh, A.J. Terrell struggled all night in coverage with his with his back to the football and his head not being able to find the ball with his eyes. And uh, Jamar Chase with a huge game, over 200 yards receiving, over 12 receptions, two touchdowns. Uh, Clemson comes back, and, and Clemson was playing well early on. Let's be, let's be honest. They were playing well early on. I think um, they were getting their running game going. They were getting positive yardage downhill with the running game with Travis Etienne. Um, I thought, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence, he had his, his moments where I thought he looked good throwing the football. They got out to a 17-7 lead, but before halftime, Joe Burrow and the LSU offense began to get their footing. Now, they were off guard early. LSU offense was caught off guard early. I thought that Brent Venerables, the Clemson defensive coordinator, came out with a, a gorgeous plan. I thought he came out unpredictable. I thought he came out dynamic. I thought he was very active with his scheme and really used his chess pieces very nicely. Um, I thought Tyler Davis did a nice job. The true freshman defensive tackle did a nice job getting a push in the interior. Uh, loved what Isaiah Simmons did all night long on defense. Uh, loved his versatility, his length, his athleticism, his physicality, and his football IQ. To me, he is a top 10, top 15 pick in April's NFL draft. Special football player on the defensive end. At six foot four, 230 pounds, can guard the slot, can guard tight ends, um, can play in the box, can blitz, can drop zone and play the passing lanes. Love his versatility. And uh, to me, he's a top 10 pick. That type of player on the defensive end can wreak havoc against offenses. Uh, I mean, like, you know, like a uh, a Swiss Army knife, you know, uh, a Sean Taylor type. And just a guy who's just very scheme diverse with the type of speed and athleticism and length to play multiple areas, 
to play multiple offensive players. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is a special football player on the defensive end, and he was in the backfield sacking quarterbacks. He was covering receivers man-to-man. He was covering tight ends man-to-man. Um, he was blitzing. Uh, he was just all over the place early on. But I think, and, and like I said to a couple of naysayers early on via social media in the game, they thought Clemson was going to come out on top. They thought the defense was going to dominate. It's going to take a couple of series for the offensive coordinator and the quarterback to get on the same page and get comfortable with what they're looking at. When Clemson comes out with a defensive scheme that LSU had not seen, it's going to take them a few series to get their footing, get a good look at what Clemson's doing, and then be able to attack. And I think that's exactly what happened. LSU's offense gets their footing early in the second quarter and they begin to roll. Uh, Joe Burrow's moving the ball up and down the field. They're matriculating the ball up and down the field. I really like how um, they attacked that Clemson pressure. What do you do versus pressure? A couple of things. You can try to block it or they can overwhelm you with numbers or you can get the ball out quick, right, and basically reduce that 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 pass rusher that pressure to something very minimal and I think that's what Brady and Emsminger and, and Joe Burrow did they reduced the pressure by getting the ball out the quarterback's hands right getting the ball out their hand out his hands uh, via the, the 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 flat route to the running back the quick slant by the receiver getting the ball out and I thought they did a good job of kind of getting back to the run game a little bit not a ton they didn't get to the run game a ton I never thought they would but you have to give it to uh, Rogers you know Edwards Hilaire Clyde Edwards Hilaire enough to make the defense respect it and keep the defense honest and I think they did that in the second quarter Uh, but what can you say about you know uh Joe Burrow, you know, making great throws under pressure while getting hit. Um, he hits, you know, Moss on the on the short corner route that Moss pulls up on because he sees a defender, catches it for a touchdown. What about the 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 draw play? The draw play on third down and ten with no timeouts. What a gutsy call. If they get stopped there, time runs out and they pretty much don't get any points before the half. But they were banking on the type of scheme that Clemson was going to play. They were going to drop zone and give Burrow the lane. Burrow takes off down the sideline. Big run. Chunk play. Um, just a great job by the LSU coaches. You know, sticking to their game plan, then being able to adjust on the run, but still, you know, Burrow with his maturity um, and his ability to move in the pocket, manipulate the pocket, break the pocket, and create chunk plays with his legs, with his arms. Thought it was beautiful in the first half. LSU takes the halftime lead. Um, what was the halftime lead? 24-7? 28-17. 28-17, I believe, was the halftime lead. They get the ball out of half. And Clemson, uh, very stingy on defense coming out of halftime. Uh, you know, a champion's not going to lie down. And I told, you know, people who were listening that, you know, they would come out and, you know, I thought LSU would come out and put a score up on them, but I thought Clemson would come make a run in the second half. And I think they did at the start of the second half. They made, they they get, a, they get a couple stops in a row. They put a touchdown on the board. And man, all of a sudden, and they get a two-point conversion. It's 28-25. But 
after a few stops, again, LSU gets their footing and they roll in the second half. Um, again, how do you how do you combat that pressure, that exotic pressure that you're going to get from Clemson's defensive coordinator, Brent Venerables? You can A, throw it quick, you can B, block it up, or you can C, let them all come in and throw it right over their heads for screens. And I thought the big screen on third down um, to, to chase was huge um, towards, towards the sideline. I thought, again, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out the backfield was big. And I love the way they attacked downfield um, against cornerbacks one and two. I thought Chase, Jefferson, and then Terrence Marshall got into the act like I predicted he would in the second half. Big touchdown catch in the end zone. High points it um, on the slot fade. Uh, a great job executing. A great job executing. And I think that's what the game came down to. Clemson found themselves in a lot of third and longs. How do you get in third and longs? By not executing. LSU, they did a terrific job executing from quarterback, pitch, receiver, catch, when scoring opportunities presented themselves. And I think that's where the game was won. It was just the ability to execute while either A, under pressure, or B, just executing the small things. And I think Clemson wasn't able to do that. And, you know, as much as people want to give love and praise to Trevor Lawrence for last year's national title game, which I said he wasn't that great in last year's national title game um, because I didn't see that. And they they called him the best thing since sliced bread. He's the best, you know, generational quarterback, best things since, you know, Peyton Manning, whatever, whatever. You know, when a team wins, quarterback probably gets too much credit. When a team loses, quarterback probably gets too much of the blame. Um, But I'm not sure that that applies here. Uh, A lot of that game had to go on Trevor Lawrence. He could not execute what the team asked him to do. Um, 13 overthrows, I don't know how you win that way. One for six on third down, I don't know how you win that way. Um, you know, ESPN analyst said, you know, they asked him to run a lot. You know, they asked him to run a lot. Well, they asked him to run a lot now against Ohio State. It wasn't an issue. I mean, I'm just tired of people making excuses for people. Nobody made excuses for me. If I don't get a job done, nobody's going to make excuses for me. So why are we, you know, why are we making excuses for people? You know, some people, I guess it's okay to make excuses for. Some people, I guess it's not okay to make excuses for. But I don't live in that world. I don't subscribe to that magazine. And, um, you know, he didn't get the job done. I've been in places where I didn't get the job done. You got to take that, that that humble pie. And you got to move forward. And I know Trevor Lawrence will. I'm not here to be a critic of Trevor Lawrence. I'm here to call it how I see it. Um, I didn't think he was spectacular in last year's national championship game, as everybody else did. I don't think he's a generational quarterback like everyone else does. And <clears throat> a lot of that was to, bl- was to blame on him last night. Still think he's a really good quarterback, a great quarterback. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. But, you know, slow down with all the generational talk. Give me Joe Burrow before you give me Trevor Lawrence. I can tell you that right now. Um, great night to be an LSU Tiger, LSU Tiger fan. Spent some time with the team, with the coaches, with the community uh, out in October in Baton Rouge. And I could tell then that this was a team of destiny. I could tell then that they were going to win the title. They had a special 
uh, aroma about them. It was just a special environment that they were in. They just had a special glow about that team. And I'm so glad that I took my wife and myself out to Baton Rouge to go see them play in person and go meet everybody. And I couldn't be more happy for LSU. I was rooting for those Baton Rouge Tigers. And um, I had no doubt that they were going to win that game last night. I did not think Clemson could keep up for four quarters. LSU was too explosive offensively, too many weapons on the outside, too much versatility with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in the backfield. And LSU, excuse me, Clemson just did not have enough defensively to stay with them. Now, I know Clemson was, you know, rated in terms of points per game, the top defense in the country, but the competition that they play was not indicative of playing against an LSU-type offense. I'm sorry, it just wasn't. And LSU's offense presents the types of problems for a defensive coordinator that just keeps you up at night for nightmares. I'm a former defensive coordinator, so I know. Let me tell you how difficult it is to to prepare for a quarterback in an offense that has three downfield weapons that can strike at any time, a running back that's his own three-headed monster, and then a quarterback who's extremely accurate, that's a great decision maker, and when he gets out the pocket, oh yeah, he can run for 30 yards in a chunk play. Virtually unstoppable. That is virtually an unstoppable offense. And I did not think Clemson could keep up for four quarters. I believe I was right. I believe last night, you know, was was I was proven right. They couldn't. And even on Trevor Lawrence's best day, I don't think they would have beat that LSU team because they were never going to stop LSU consistently. LSU could have put up a 50-burger easy. They chose not to. Clemson, it's a good team, really good team. They were not a great team. The great team beat up on the good team, on the really good team. And that's just the way it goes. Um, Fun game, though. Fun game. Listen to some quotes from the LSU coaches. You know, it's like, hey, you know, it's not Trevor. It's not all Trevor's fault. It was everybody. And I get that. They're supposed to say that. But a large part of this falls on Trevor Lawrence. 13 overthrows, one for six on third down. He's got to take that responsibility on. And, you know, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, When I don't get a job done, I take the responsibility, uh, whether a grown-up man or a young man when I was in college. You got to take on that responsibility. You got to be held accountable. He didn't get it done. He didn't get it done. And for all those people who want to give him praise and tell him he was God's gift to football last year, keep that same energy as he fell flat on the national stage. But Joe Burrow, give me Joe Burrow. And I think last night was a it was probably a win for the holdbacks. Think about this. Joe Burrow's 23 years old. I don't know if he's a holdback or not, but he's 23 years old playing college football. I was 21 my last year playing for college football. So he's two years older than I was in my last year. So it's a win for the holdbacks. I don't know if he was held back or not, but I think he redshirted. Maybe maybe he was held back a year. I don't know. Uh, 23 years old. Older than Lamar Jackson. Think about that. He was a grown man playing a college football game. Grown-ass man. 
out there playing college football game, but he got the job done. And you know what? Nobody cares how old you are. Can you get it done or can you not? This is a guy projected as a fifth, sixth round pick at the beginning of the year. He's about to go number one overall to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, they'd be a fool if they don't take him. They'd be a fool. Joe Burrow is that good. I'm telling you, I am the top scout in America, top evaluator in America, and I especially am great with quarterbacks. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. His accuracy, his ball placement, his quick decision-making, his ability to maneuver the pocket by time, by escaping the pocket, and his ability to move the change with his legs. Joe Burrow has everything you want in a quarterback. Great mind, great athlete, great distributor of the football. Love him. And um, I think he's going to have a very, very successful NFL career. They got to surround him with some pieces, of course. They got to protect him. But he can be great in the NFL. And so um, with that, congratulations to the LSU Tigers, man. Excited. uh, Looking forward to 2020. I think these two teams are on a collision course for years to come. You know, who recruits better than Dabo and Coach O? Nobody. You know, uh, Saban, maybe. But Coach O and Dabo right now at the top of the totem pole when you talk about recruiting college football. And look at what they got coming in in these classes. You look at Clemson, what they need last night. They needed to stop bringing so many blitzes and be able to get home with four down. Well, they got a generational defensive lineman coming in. Now, he's generational. Brian Brezzi is generational. He's coming in ready to wreak havoc. So you got Brian Brezzi coming in because they need to get pressure with four down. They got the best defensive lineman coming. They got the best defensive line class in America coming in. You know, multiple guys. Clemson will be back. And you look at LSU. You know, out goes, you know, Jefferson. In comes, you know, Coy Moore. Out goes Joe Burrow. In comes TJ Finley. This is going to be fun to watch. And I'm here for it. Make no mistake, I'm an LSU Tiger fan. But I'm a fan of college football even more. And I can't wait for those matchups. And I can't wait for those games. And I hope these two teams play again very soon. It's going to be a lot of fun. But for the 2019 season, LSU is king. It was their year, 15-0, one of the best offenses of all time, and going down probably as a top 10 team of all time. I'm not going to say they're the top team of all time. No, sir, won't do it. But top five, possibly. Top 10, probable. That was a really good LSU team. I'm happy for the Tigers. I'm happy for the players, the fans. I'm happy for the state of Louisiana. I can't wait to get back. This spring, for the spring game in Baton Rouge, to watch T.J. Finley, to watch, you know, Derek Stingley, Elias Ricks, all the newcomer kids, to go hang out with the Tiger faithful, to spend some time in New Orleans with my family. And, you know, hey, it's going to be good. But the Clemson Tigers will be back. Trevor Lawrence, great quarterback. Um, Etienne, he's probably going off to college, but you, you know what? 
You know what they got? Bowman coming in, Demarcus Bowman coming in. They got players coming. Dabo recruits his tail off. Uh, T. Higgins probably going to the league, but they got Joe Nagata waiting. And he's a special talent, my number one receiver in the 2019 class. It's gonna be it's gonna be something to behold, man. LSU and Clemson. They're probably gonna be on a collision course very, very soon. Alabama's gonna have something to say about that too with Bryce Young in the fold. And I can't wait. Looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, appreciate you for joining me here on the Transparent Truth. Before I go, I gotta remind you that on this show, we always have a sleeper of the week. It's time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. And I'm back. Appreciate you for joining me. Tune in Friday for our Friday uh, Five Star Friday guest, Five Star Friday show. We're going to be talking all things football, you know, youth, high school, college, professional. Without further ado, it's your boy, Coach Keith. There's a new sheriff in town. And his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool. Go Tigers.